Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell. I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs, and I've been in business since 1994. The purpose of this podcast is to use science to get to the real deal of what works, and most importantly, why things work or why they don't. Hence, there is a method to the madness. Before I get to today's episode, let me thank Jonathan and Lynn Gilden of the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They are flat out the best and bring the muscle to the real estate industry. That's why the Gilden Group at Realty Pros, or I should say Realty Pros in general, is number one in Volusia County. So if you need help, check them out. Give them a call, 386 451 Two four one two. So I had a question come in, and I think it's pretty good. Actually, I think it's very, very good because I want to get people exercising, working out, taking control of the things they can, and uh, you know, trying to remove any obstacles in the way from that. And what they brought up was an obstacle. They brought up a. Uh, an area that I think a lot of people feel some insecurity about or some doubt about, and that is how do you get over when you're working out or doing something athletic in the fitness world and uh, you're, you get kind of preoccupied with what other people are doing, like keeping up with the Joneses and that kind of thing. So an extrinsic you know, motivation is what we call it. So how do we overcome that? So that's a good question because, you know, it shows strength from somebody when they realize that a behavior or a thought pattern that they might have isn't exactly healthy or why would they bring it up? Because somebody that um, would think nothing of that, like if they didn't have an issue with that, it would never even come up. They would just basically worry about what other people are doing or imagine that other people are worried about them and they wouldn't even give two thoughts that that might be slightly problematic or not healthy. So the fact that somebody recognizes it and says, you know, how do you find that balance between competition and doing what's best and not letting things hold you up? So... I think it's a great question because, you know, we don't want to have obstacles getting in the way of what is going to make somebody their best. So it's a good question and let's, uh, I'm going to use my uh, physiology and my psychology background to try to get to the root of this the best that I can. So first off, what we're talking about is the the ego, the ego is kind of the... Um, over evaluation of self, meaning that we're, we get very fixated on what we're doing. You know, we see ourselves as the center and that is, by the way, very common. You know, you're going to have a lot of people that will say, well, you know, that shouldn't happen and this shouldn't happen. But, you know, that's not true. The reality is with ego and it gets a bad name, but the reality is it's a balance. Like, we do need some. We do need 
some form of I should do this to get us moving like and there's a genetic predisposition towards that by the way so it's not just like you know people think well the person is overconfident overcompensating you know all this kind of stuff it's like well there is a genetic reason why we are that way you know funny story uh true story so um when they've studied apes like literally in the jungle you know um we're, we're not the only species that does this so they do this little mating ritual where they will pump up their chests and beat their chests and you know and and as they uh get around other males they they get worse and they all start doing it and they're all trying to gain the female's attention by basically beating on their chest and pumping their chest and you know basically it reminds me of when you see the last part of the bodybuilding contest where they have a pose down you know you could imagine these apes doing this and you know it's a selection process you know the female ape chooses the male so they are competing and they're trying to beat their chest to beat the other apes so it's like that you know that that is an ego thing right they're trying to outshow that they're better so there is a genetic reason why we do this now at the same time of course this type of thinking can be counterproductive i always uh compare it to like inflammation in the body so in the beginning of an injury stage or a, or a surgery stage or a, you know repair stage inflammation is very healthy needed and necessary without it you won't heal but then as you're healing then inflammation becomes the problem so it's no longer the helper it now is the problem because it's not necessary anymore yet your body is still remaining inflamed and so then physicians have to treat the inflammation so it's kind of similar with the ego like when we're younger and we're trying to move up in the world i mean a, a an ego is important i mean it's very hard to for a adolescent to think well I need to be doing this for the, you know, to be the best I can be. I mean, that's just not in the, in the brain at that point. You're not mature enough. So you're thinking, well, I'm going to have to maybe be the best in my class or be a certain percentage or whatever. And on the football team, you're thinking, you know, yeah, it'd be the great, it'd be great to be, you know, think I'm the best player in the locker room or, you know, improve my skills. But the reality is I want to make the team. So all I need to do is beat this next guy, you know. I mean, it'd be silly to think that a kid is not going to think that way. So it's very necessary to move up and then it becomes less and less important as we get older, but it never goes completely away. So there's always going to be this balance within us of, am I keeping up with the Joneses? And maybe I don't want to do this anymore because I'm not. Um, You know, I know people in the gym that feel that way about pull-ups, you know, I'll just use pull-ups as an example. So pull-ups is an extremely effective lat and rhomboid exercise. It's one of the top pulling exercises ever if you're able to do them. Um, Pull-ups are very hard and I would say, I mean, I would say it absolutely that the majority of the population, male or female, cannot do a pull-up. So it's a very hard exercise. So if you're able to do pull-ups in the gym 
it's an extremely effective exercise. I mean, the fact that you can do them alone is great, but what I'm saying is it's a great exercise for your upper back and uh, rhomboids, lats, and everything in your traps. It's a great exercise. But if you go to do pull-ups and then you're aware that somebody in the gym is there and can do way more pull-ups than you because you've seen them do it and so you kind of become shy and think well I'm not going to do them today so what you're doing is you're hurting yourself because you are evaluating yourself versus this other person and that happens I bring this up because I see it I see it a lot and you know that that's a very common thing and it I use pull-ups as the example because I've seen it so frequently but that can be the case with any exercise you can like know that a squat is the best lower body exercise you can do and you prefer to do them say on a smith machine or free weight or whatever something that you see other people do but then you don't do that because you know the person in the gym who you're sharing the gym with at the time can do so much more and so you don't do them or you do an alternative to them that may not be best for you so we see these things all right and then i'll give one more example then we'll talk about like how to get around that so another example could be cardio like let's say you know you love to run and but you know there's people in your neighborhood that are like quote real runners it's always funny how uh, i see it all the time you know running it this happens all the time because people say oh they're real runners and i'm like what the hell does that mean like What's, what's a real runner? I mean, because they're faster than you, because they run. I mean, it's just funny how, you know, we humans tend to just label people like that. But you may label that. You might know that throwing in some jogging with your walking could be great for your cardiorespiratory system. But you don't because there's real runners who are going to evaluate you. And so you stick to walking or you don't even do that. You know, pick anything and we can throw that out there. So, you know, it, it's easy to say, you know, and if you're listening, you know, it's funny, you know, I always kind of call out human nature, but it's funny, you know, you're listening, you might think, well, you know, just don't do that. And then acting like you don't do that. But it's funny. It, what's funny is like you all do it. Like most everybody does it just to a different extent. I mean, social media is full of it. I mean, you know, I have to remind people all the time. It's like, like what you're seeing on social media is the absolute like best 10 seconds of this person's day, right? I mean, it's the best 10 seconds that they had in the gym when they filmed that. And most likely they took two or three cuts of that exercise just to show what they wanted to show you. And they edited out what they didn't like. I mean happens all the time in the gym with people that film exercises and puts them on social media. Now, for the gym and for myself, for my business, I mean, I post a lot of different form videos where I might be doing a shoulder raise or a leg press, bicep curl. I mean, I'm thinking of the ones I did recently. And I can tell you absolutely, I'll go back and say, no, that didn't show very good form. I'm going to redo this. Now, to my defense, I'm like, I want to make sure that I only put form out there that I'm trying to teach. But at the same time, I mean, we all do it. So you can't gauge off of what 
somebody says they're doing, all right? But, you know, that's social media. Now let's get back to the, the real question. So we all do it to an extent. We'll see somebody doing something and we'll think, mm, you know, that they're better than me or whatever, or I'm better than them, whatever. You know, we might take the upper hand sometimes. It's like, it's, you know, it's easy to say don't do that, but again, people do it. Now, the answer, to answer and give advice to the person who had the question is this. Have your own metrics that are absolutely most important. So kind of like Stephen Covey used to say in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, begin with the end in mind. So ask yourself, what is it that I really want? Like, what is the most fit version of me that I'm looking for. What does that look like? Like, Is it strong? Is it stronger? Is it more endurance? Is it, you know, do you have a body in mind that you're thinking about? Like, what is that version? You know, is it ADL? So you're picturing yourself like going on hikes with the family and, uh, you know, climbing steep mountain paths and all this kind of stuff. It's like, is it that? Okay, so begin with the end in mind. And then from there, you know, from there, design the exercise program that gets you there, regardless of what anybody else does or any other metrics that you might be using to compare yourself to other people or thinking they're comparing yourself to you. Because if you set up your own metrics, regardless of what anybody else is doing, I promise you in the end, if there was a competition, you would win. Like, you're going to win because you are going to get better and better. So like, let's say it's like, well, I know pull-ups are great for me, but I can only do one. Oh man, that sucks. So-and-so can do 10. I'm going to go at different times of the day. I mean, a normal thought pattern, right? But to be healthy, we have to challenge that thought pattern and say, you know, I don't give a shit. So I can do one now. And every time I go to the gym, I'm going to try to do one more and get to two, get to three, whatever it might be. So you're gonna set up your metrics to the best of your ability. You know, I mean, metrics, you know, measure, how you measure yourself. You're gonna set up little mini goals of what you're going to accomplish based on what you came up with, with the end in mind, like who you want to be. And you're gonna set those up and you're just gonna strive to get better. Another way I like to look at it is I like to set monthly goals. Like forget what anybody else is doing. Like set a monthly goal. So to you know give like a, a a personal like how I did it. So I knew in December, November, December that I was going to be having um, hernia surgery in basically the mid part of December. Like I knew that it was planned and all that. So I said you know there's a couple things I want to get accomplished before I do that. And one of them was I wanted to be able to do four sets of 10 pull-ups in the gym because to me that's just like a great measurement. And uh, I, you know, I've done like more at one time before, but I'm like, God, I always get fatigued. And then second set, I'm unable to do this and blah, blah, blah. You know, just for me, it meant something. I, who knows why, but I wanted to be able to do four sets of 10 clean pull-ups. So I was like, I worked on that for like the month leading up because I knew once I had surgery that I wasn't going to be able to do much of that for a little bit. So I'm like, you know what, let me get this done before this. So I worked and I worked and I set up a little program and then lo and behold, 
The week before the surgery, I was able to do four sets of 10. I set it up like two sets of 10, then three sets of 10, I don't know, like three sets of nine, then four sets of nine, and then four sets of 10. I had a little program that I always do, like I do for clients too, setting up little mini overloads and goals. And I nailed it, and that made me feel good about myself. You know, so I know what I picture for me. I wanna be fit, I wanna have good muscularity, I wanna be strong, I wanna have good ADLs. I want to um, have good endurance, so if I jump in a 5K, you know, I'm able to do that with, you know, run the spare or whatever. Like, I have, like, what I picture, you know. It's very important for me to move fluidly. Like, I, I don't, you know, like to walk around, like, limp around, whatever. So, like, I know what my end in mind looks like. And then I set it up based on that, and I understand that, like, it doesn't matter in the end what anybody is doing, you know. But, but not to make the person who has to feel bad because I want them to understand that we all do that. It's just like our higher self says, okay, I'm comparing, I'm not gonna do that. So like the advice is first, begin with the end in mind. Second, set up little mini overload metrics that's gonna get you there. And third, every time you have that thought, understand it's normal, it's natural, part of, part of biology, but I'm gonna override it. I'm going to be the bigger self and say, I get it, but it doesn't matter. You know, I'm going to let it go, so to say. So great question. Keep them coming. And uh, as long as we get them obstacles and motor thrown, we're doing great. Now let me thank Overhead Door of Daytona Beach, the best garage door company in Volusia County, bar none. Jeff Hawk, Zach Hawk are the owners. They'll give you the best customer service. Check them out overheaddoordaytona.com